Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade and I am also a witch. So we are getting so, so goddamn close to finishing the secret circle. Like I think after this episode, we have four episodes left. Yes, ma'am. We're we're just like, we're right there. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm actually starting to get pretty excited because um, I, I had, I think, a good time through some of the show, but this episode really brought back why I hate Cassie and just like things I, I could see, why I could see the writing of the wall of the show ending. And I'm like, right, right, this would have been difficult to do long term with having such unlikable things. <laughs> but that continues to, we are going to be doing The Secret Circle today, season one, episode 18, Sacrifice. It sounds far more dramatic than it is. And I mean, I, I kind of forgot that was the title of the episode until this, this very moment. Okay, then. It does have a good little like blurb though. You know how I like break up that it sometimes it's like funny little blurbs. This one had a like semi-funny one, not as good as some of the others, but I still liked it. Um, where it just goes, surprise, surprise, that Australian mortal has a secret. And I was like, oh, hilarity. I didn't even read it this week. That is kind of funny though. It was kind of funny. Uh, just because I love that that's just like what they refer to this character as. And he'll he'll come up pretty quick. So we'll recap him pretty quick quickly for you guys if you're like who the fuck don't worry it'll come up and it just continues with and cassie has some daddy daughter dark magic bonding time and i'm just like what is this what an episode but like i feel like reading that blurb after such a dramatic title as sacrifice i was like oh these don't match up (laughs) no it makes it sound intriguing and then unfortunately like this episode's just okay I really disliked this episode, actually. I think Why I do I like it. everything a lot more than you? I feel like that, like in real life, I feel like this would be the opposite, but apparently. Because when it comes to like TV and movies and books, I'm a, I'm a hard critic. And this is what my friends told me. And I'm also a bit of a contrarian. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So even though like there are episodes we match up on as being like, these are our favorite episodes, which I think make a lot of sense for like actually saying that they are like the most valued episodes of the show because I am a contrarian and you're not. So when we like hit the same thing, it's like, oh, yeah, this is some good shit. This episode, I just like, I don't know, I, I found very little to like grasp onto. I guess is kind of my thing. Like even in episodes I disliked, I was always like, oh, I really like this character through it though. Or I really like like these scenes. And I just feel like in this episode, I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel that way too, but that's why I feel like it's just okay. Not. I, I feel terrible. like that just somehow makes it worse though. Cause it's not like they even like tried anything. And I feel like I'm just slowly getting like number. Mm. Like, I don't think they're getting better. I think my standards are, like, continuously lowering. To a point where I'm just like, I mean, sure, yeah, why not? 
Well, let's get into it. Let's. All right. So we open with Cassie working at the coffee shop. I will actually start with a compliment here. I'm glad we gave Cassie a job. I'm glad we have somewhere for them all to like convene that isn't like Jake's bedroom. Yeah. It, it's really nice. So I was, I'm happy we made this set. I'm glad this is a thing. So Cassie's just working at the coffee shop. She's like delivering all the coffee to everyone. And then she like kind of trips and almost drops a drink and Adam catches it. And she's like, oh my goodness, thank you. And he seems like very confused in these situations where he's like, oh, you're, you're like a good waitress. And she's like, yeah, I learned from the best. And then there's like nothing. And she's like, cause you taught me how to be a waiter. Do you remember that at all? Which is like, this is why I mean where I think this episode like is super confusing me. It seems like something's really wrong with Adam that we should be like focusing on, but it's like very quickly washed away every time where it's just like, is this a problem? It's like, no. And I'm like, okay. Yes, that I agree. I assume honestly, because it does come up like four times at least um i assume they're trying to like slow build quote unquote to something larger in the next episode or two so i gave them a pass but maybe but i do think again this is like me kind of knowing stuff we're on episode 18 we have four episodes left we don't have the time anymore guys no i'm telling you they're gonna cram everything at the last minute I and I I believe you on that but that does make me think like that's what I mean by like I think these episodes are not good because they're just so leisurely and I'm like we don't have time anymore like let's get this going like let's get this on a move like we just watched Imperfects separately and did talk about it we're not going to talk about it on the show but I'll refer reference it because you were saying how episodes like seven through twelve were like insanity because like everything goes off, and I agreed. I was like, yeah, they revved it up at the very end. But like in this one, it just seems like they they don't realize the season's ending. That's like it still kind of remind me of Motherland Fort Salem because they did that too. Like the last two and a half episodes is where like everything actually really interesting really happened Mm -hmm. so i still have hopes but yeah we'll see anywho anywho so we got the idea that something's like really weird with adam here and cassie's just sad because just quick recap um adam forgot the feelings of like them being together so like seems uncomfortable around cassie now but cassie didn't so she's still in love with adam and just like won't tell anyone though her dad john knows so that's just a quick recap there uh we just kind of do like a quick pan over and melissa and faye are there too hey coffee shop i get it um melissa's just kind of like monologuing about how tragic it is because she sees like the adam cassie situation she's like oh the tragic romance of it and I do kind of like that phase, like, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty glad. I don't have to watch the moon over each other anymore. It was exhausting. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a couple of good lines in there. Like, uh, Melissa calls it 
it's like watching an emotional car crash <laughs> and then Faye says uh, <laughs> she's glad she doesn't have to see Adam bat his oversized lashes at her undersized head again <laughs> and I just died because like who says stuff like that Faye our, our dear girl only She's, on tv yep only on tv um but yeah it's it's fine and basically like cassie comes over to deliver them some coffee and then adam comes up and asks the three of them if he, they could do him a huge favor this is where we're setting up the event of the episode where uh at the boathouse they're hosting the hockey team's award dinner and they're short some servers guess where we're gonna spend a lot of this episode everyone and he wants to know if they'll do it and come and be servers and help him out. And Cassie's immediately like, look, I'm a waitress during the day. I don't need to go be a waitress some more. I'm, I'm out. It's, it's on you guys. And, you know, Melissa's nice and she says she'll help. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because she does stuff like that all the time. Faye's immediately like, I mean, how much, like, how much are you going to pay me? And he says, um, all the, he says chicken strips and $10 an hour. And Faye is a budding entrepreneur and makes it $15 an hour and more chicken strips. I love Faye in this moment. I would also want more chicken strips. I love chicken strips. Chicken wings. Sorry. She focuses on the money, but anywho, yes. What a offer. I liked it. It's honestly, that was like, why? That's a huge like pay increase, like an extra five bucks an hour. Like, yeah, that's nothing to stick at your nose at. Um, So Adam basically agrees and says it's a deal if they'll come and help be servers for this event. Uh, They kind of follow up with asking how Ethan's doing, which is a fair question. We haven't seen him in a while. And again, this is what I mean by a lot of this just seems to be like quickly written out. Like Adam doesn't seem okay, but it's like written out and Ethan's definitely not okay. And it's like, oh, he's just shaken by John being here. He's fine. And I'm like, these seem like big points. Like these seem like big deals that we're just not having the actors here for now. It's, I'll kind of explode at the end. It's kind of like how also we ended last episode with Charles and Jane. So I kind of thought we'd see Charles and Jane again. This We're not going to see either, either of them at all. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And I, I don't know. I'm getting frustrated in that they introduce these exciting new big ideas. And then they just seem to like kind of forget that they did that. And so then we just have like, stupid episodes like this one i'm sorry i'm calling it as it is stupid episode uh cut away from the coffee shop we have the opening and there's a random blonde kid and by kid i mean like young adult male uh who's being chased through the woods and like you know a bunch of people seem to be hunting him down and then from finally like outside on the road we hear let him go and someone's like, but he just entered Ch- Chase Harbor. And it's like, okay. Um, and then it's Eben who's out on the roads. These were witch hunters hunting this random blonde kid who in this episode will be 
the bane of my existence because he looked so much like Jake that in certain shots, I'm not sure who it is. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's similarity. He looks like a strung out Jake. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Also, this is going to sound horrible, but I've, I've apologized for this a million times and he's not listening to this. He's a better actor than Jake. Honestly, like this episode, I was like, why weren't you hired to be Jake? I think you would have done a better job. Because <laughs> his character is supposed to go off the rails. Jake's is not. But Jake is always off the rails. But- okay. I'm not going to touch that. We're going to tangent forever. Anyway, cut back away from this. And Cassie's again at the coffee shop. And she's like taking someone's order in line and seems to have trouble opening the cash register. Yeah, she gets super flustered because her dad's like the next person in line and she notices. She like can't open the cash register. Yeah. Um, so yeah, John's in line next and he orders a coffee and he asks if she has told anyone about how the elixir didn't work on her, if she told Adam or any of her friends, and she says no. And I also thought this funny that John's like, you didn't tell any of your friends. Cassie doesn't have friends. Cassie has a guy she dates and a guy who wants to date her. And then those three other people in the circle who are actually friends um, that she does not interact with outside of witchcraft. I may be very mean to Cassie's episode. Sorry, everyone, but I stand by it. And she says no. She doesn't feel up to it. She she still feels bad about it and everything. So John's like, well, you know what we should do is we should try to like spend more time together and we should go mini golfing. And she seems into this. So she quickly accepts. And I was like, okay. I hate John, but okay. Doesn't like quickly accept. He pretty quickly accepts. She thinks it's awkward, but she's like, "Oh, I see. He's trying to bond. So yeah, let's let's do it." She misses having a dad. Okay. She's never had a dad. Well, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Sorry, poor phrasing on my part. <laughs> Whatever. So they're gonna go mini golfing sometime. Cuts over to, we're at the boathouse, prepping up for that hockey dinner. And our Australian mortal comes in. So this is Grant. I love Grant. I do too. Until the end. I still Spoilers. think Grant's, I still think Grant's good for the show. I have mixed feelings on that regard. But anywho, we'll get to that at the end. Um, so Grant, yeah, he is... Australian, got the yacht, uh, flirt like hell. With he Diana. did casino night with Diana. Yeah, it was a thing. That's actually a pretty solid episode. If you that that's one you should go listen to. <laughs> so yeah, they they've got this flirtation, budding relationship going. Super cute. Not even too cheesy, which is big coming from me. <laughs> So he's back, uh, surprises Diana. He sends her a flute of ginger ale because Adam absolutely refused to serve her champagne because she's underage. Which I was also like really confused by because I feel like they, I just like halfway through the show 
stopped caring about them being underage and constantly getting served alcohol because it seemed to happen everywhere including the boathouse so the fact that he was like i wouldn't do it i was like i i swear to god you've served everyone else every other time <laughs> like yeah it's when someone's not looking but when someone someone else specifically asks no nah, no nah, he's not breaking the rules so you uh, get your liquor license revoked yeah you never know who's the narc okay again though for the show like like at least 10 episodes ago i suspended my disbelief for this i was like it's not a worry that they have like their liquor license taken away for serving underage like it's fine they just serve underage here that's not that's not an issue and same with everywhere else that would always give them alcohol i was like i don't know the drinking age here is like 14 let's keep moving so the fact that they's like brought it up so much here i was like wait i just like already let this go All right, that's your own fault. So uh, Diana, you know, goes to say hi. They flirt some more. Have oh, you want to go on a date with me? Like now? Uh, yeah. Wait, let me let me talk to someone. And Diana asks Adam if she could leave, and then she does it anyway. So Adam's weirdly skeptical of Grant, and I'm like, I don't know why, bro just yeah. overprotective big brother basically but diana leaves and then we cut away to uh this blonde dude is sneaking into jake's room he does the thing bypasses the whole house and knows exactly where to go <laughs> jake's room uh, the only room of the house <laughs> yeah it took me a hot second to actually figure out that this was jake's room because he like he's just sneaking in and i'm like that's a lot of wood paneling also where is this and i was like mm, since there's no other room in the house i'm gonna assume it's jake's and then lo and behold it was this is also a weird episode for like i think for the first time in a very long time we get like an outside shot of jake's house like in its full and it's a shockingly nice house and Jake's room just looks like trash then. Because I always assumed it was honestly not that nice of a house. Because all I had was Jake slash Nick's room to go off of. And I was like, I mean, it's fine. But like. It's a lot of wood paneling. Yeah, it's a lot of wood paneling. And like, I don't know. There's not any like details or like. Cassie's room has a goddamn fireplace in it. for And like, same with Diana's. There's this just like this bleak wood paneled room. And then this, like, outside view is this, like, very luxurious house. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Yes. It is a pretty house. I found it so jarring for some reason. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? You live of here? all the things. <laughs> Anywho, so, yeah, dude sneaks into Jake's room. Jake attacks him. They, like, they're fighting. Cassie notices through her window and goes and runs up. And then uses her powers to throw the dude across the room and it turns out uh jake says he's a friend and then we have a commercial cut i but, hated you know this. whatever i hated this so much um so this friend is samuel they serve together you know as witch hunters like it's some military operation I also I, didn't understand this. They did not focus on that long enough for me to be like, are we metaphoring militias? What's going on here? 
I'm gonna assume yes, but also like Cassie then immediately pokes fun at that too. Like serve together, really? That's what you guys call it. And then I also really like her line where, so now witch hunters are hunting you, huh? How's it feel? I, I just nice little stiletto to the heart there. Um, so this dude though, his name is Samuel. And once again, I am reminded that fucking nobody in this goddamn show likes to use a nickname or anything. Nope. It's always just Samuel, Charles. <laughs> like what are the ones we're actually kind of long? Like Melissa does not yeah, go Melissa. by like Mel or anything. Nope. Um Diana's always Diana, no die. Yeah. Cassie at least sort of seems like a nickname. I would say the same about Nick. It seems like it's probably a nickname for like Nicholas or Nicola or something. Nicola was what I was going to say, but I realized that was very Russian. I was like, I, I think that's wrong. Um, yeah, everyone uses very long full names here and no one even like nicknames each other for like the fun of it, you know? Which is like v- very strange to me. <laughs> Because even when we had friends with like longer names in high school, even if they didn't have a nickname they like went by, we would usually just like nickname them to abbreviate stuff in text messages and stuff. Because it makes life easier. A friend's husband has a nice long Middle Eastern name. He is GM in text (laughs) messages because I don't want to fucking type out his name. I just don't. Like Mm -hmm. he's a cool dude and everything like that. But I just don't want to type it out when I'm talking to her. I type it out because I feel weird, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Samuel's another um, good example though. He's not Sam. This isn't Sam. This isn't Sammy. This is Samuel. Yeah, that's it. So anywho, he's a witch hunter. They serve together. Uh, Samuel really needs to speak to John Blackwell like right now um eventually says that eben is resurrecting demons leave that little nice fish hook there and we cut back over to the boathouse where uh, melissa and faye <sighs> might give non-magic dating a go like hey maybe diana's on to something let's let's sift through the pool because you know these hockey guys are flirting with us so might as well I was just saying, sorry. So begins one of the worst C plots I've I've seen in a long time. Oh, I literally at times had to pause because I just didn't have the energy to take notes. Because I just I was like, I don't. Why am I here anymore? What oh. what does this mean? Like, what what am I doing with my life? Yeah, it was totally unnecessary. But I thought it was interesting to watch. Oh God, I hated it. Sort of uh yeah so i do kind of agree like i don't get all the details because it's just there's i don't care that much but melissa and adam agree to try and like oh sorry faye is flirting hard with this like head captain whatever of the hockey team yeah his name's kyle so melissa and adam are going to magically set up melissa with kyle i guess is the agreement i don't even know why adam got involved this was another question of like 
Adam, are you okay? Because Melissa's like, it's so annoying how Faye thinks she can date whoever she wants. And like, she can. She's not in a relationship. She can date whoever the fuck she wants. And Melissa's just like, I just find it so irritating. Like, look at her over there, like doing the lean in. And like, I was like, Adam shouldn't care about this. Adam should just I don't be like, think he whatever. really does. I think he just wants to have some fun and I, thinks it's all meaningless. I... So I was just like, I was really pissed that they like, Adam was like, yeah, let's, let's help. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, also, why is Melissa turning on Faye all this? I, I, God, I couldn't. It's not too malicious. It just seems like friendly competition to me. Really? It seemed really stupid to me. Well, kind of, but friendly competition usually is. I, I don't think so. I think friendly competition usually has a hint of like skill and fun involved where it's like you know it's something where it's just like trivia and stuff I think that's like friendly competition this just seems like bullshit like the they were like I don't know we called in these actors today we better give them a plot and they're like what if Melissa is super jealous of how Faye is hitting on someone Okay. Melissa saw him first, okay? Oh my god, no. <laughs> All right, shut up. Oh my god, I hate <laughs> this so much. Uh, Adam tells Melissa to go talk to Kyle and just think hockey and she'll <laughs> see. Like, their magics will vibe and it'll all work out. Whatever. So, so she does, and then suddenly she's like super hockey nerd. It's basically what it is. And I didn't catch like half of it, didn't pay too much attention to that. But at the end of when she finally shuts up, the whole hockey team is staring at her with like mouths open. And it seems like they're supposed to be in awe, but it comes across as like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Very, what the fuck? This also, and I think this is more of a product of its time issue. Basically, what's going to happen in this, I'm not even going to label this the B plot. This is the C plot. If I could, I would demote it to like the L plot, but I there's not enough going on in this episode to have so many plots. The competition that will ensue, the, I guess we could quote it as air quotes, friendly competition that will ensue is can Melissa or Faye be the best cool girl? And I hate this. I hate this so much. It's just, it hurts to watch. All right. Well, luckily it's over with now. Because then we cut away. It's over with for now. We cut away to Diana and Grant. Uh, They're ice skating, actually. Turns out they are breaking entering. Grant picked the lock (laughs) of the rink. And he goes on about stuff. But It's it's a small town hockey rink. Break in, break, enter. No one cares uh potato guns and picking locks are like standard issue australian boy things so you know just another day uh he learned to sail from his dad but they're better with an ocean up between them you know he's been talking about himself for a while but i didn't care enough but he invites diana to come sail around the world with him she jokes that nah, we'll save that for the second date but he says, just say the word. 
he's been thinking about it for a while and they kiss and then they stumble a little bit and then they actually finally ice skate well because he's really bad at it is the point he's almost fallen down a couple times and i've been only ice skating once in my life and i'm also terrible at it so i was like yeah i I respect this (laughs) yeah it takes a little bit of practice i've been quite a few times and i'm still kind of terrible because it's always quite a while in between each time but still. yeah right the ice is like very slippery I also am just naturally genetically blessed to have terrible ankles and knees so um stuff like that is a bit more difficult for me than it should be for for the average soul yeah I actually like this Grant kind of Diana subplot we have going on it's sweet I like Grant with her I like Diana so I'm I'm like happy with it and that's why I'm going to label this the B-plot. I was just about to say, yeah, this is definitely the B-plot. Yes, this gets to be the B-plot. So we cut back to uh, John, who is entering Cassie's house, where Jake and Cassie are at. They have seemingly dragged Samuel over here. Again, I don't understand why they like change geography from time to time with hostages. But they seem to like to do that, where it's like, not here to the abandoned house and then they're just like silent for an hour because they don't want to show the rest of jake's house yeah it doesn't exist we can't do it this is another prime example so now they've like tied up samuel and have brought him to cassie's kitchen because we have that set already built and we rarely use it so let's let's make it worth our while um so john comes like marching in and is like where is he and goes into the kitchen and just like closes the door behind them kind of like securing out uh jake and cassie yeah so john goes off and in the same way jake is this is what i mean we're like jake is the son um we brought this up when jake first got introduced that jake obviously has anger issues and is a very aggressive person and I want to reiterate this again when Samuel shows up that like the first thing Jake does is literally fight him for at least five minutes because he fights him. Cassie has to come home, see it, run back around outside, go through the houses and come back to find them still fighting. Um, so Jake still likes beating up random fucking people. And apparently so does John because John just starts slapping Samuel around quite a bit that this family traits they both have extreme aggression issues that i find very unsettling especially from john because he's actually quite a big dude and like i don't know that it was very i found this scene uncomfortable i guess is the best way to describe it yeah i think i'd agree with you there um so he just starts like screaming about like who knows he's here like why do they care about him yada yada again it's all about him and then samuel like reiterates everything that he said to jake and um cassie that like they're gonna try to raise some demons and like evan's behind it and everything and then john continues to like keep hitting him and just calls him like a fucking liar and i was like i i'm super uncomfortable here like i just want to go thanks and then um evan like says that uh, sorry Samuel says that he knows that Eben is working with a witch and Eben has gotten really paranoid and obsessed with like magic and demons in the past month. So he doesn't like truly 
know who the witch is or anything about it because he's so paranoid, but he's seen the obsession. And this is like the only thing that kind of like calms down John. And again, this is what I mean by like, John is not nice. It's he's like, oh, I was just testing you to see if you'd tell me about the witch in the first place. I already knew about them. And I was like, yeah, you were like beating on him to see if he'd prove your point. I don't know. I didn't like it. It was, it was terrible. So basically what we discover is Samuel is allowed to continue without physical harm that um, Eben is going to try to raise demons in the woods, just like John tried to do 16 years ago, where this is when we get a fun little monologue backstory. Once upon a time, 16 years ago, John wanted to raise the demons and promise the demons, the demon, demons, witch hosts, and that he would give them all bodies in the witches of his circle, thus creating extremely powerful witches and demons. But the ceremony failed in some way. Samuel says that they're going to do it the same way, including the mortal sacrifice and Samuel's the mortal sacrifice this time. This leads to the fact that I, I made this connection early and we're gonna talk about it again later. This is how uh, Heather got possessed is, is the point. Fun fact, uh, we, we've dealt with the demons before. And John's like, I tried to do it, but it failed. Cause he's John and weird and I don't like him. Um, and as like this monologue backstory is ended, we like cut to Cassie standing in the doorway, who's overheard all of this. Gasp. Don't worry, this will lead to nothing. Uh, cut away to back to the hockey party, where Melissa is playing darts with Kyle now, and it's like kind of flirty. And now Faye's upset because she realizes that Adam helped Melissa do magical flirting and not her. And she's like, well, I should deserve the same thing. You should help me. And Adam's like, why should I help you? And she just puts on a pouty face. And he's like, ah, all right, I guess I'll help you. And I was like, this is the worst plot ever. So he agrees to help her and he enchants her to be very good at darts. So she goes over and like starts like fondling the darts that Kyle is holding. And then it's like, oh, let me try and like throws it and it's a bullseye and everyone's like cheers around like it's the freaking Super Bowl. Oh, snap. And again, this is just a weird competition to see who the ultimate cool girl is, which is like super sexist and does not age well. Um, but also fun fact, I do recognize the actor that plays Kyle. He's from Jane the Virgin. He's Michael. He's delightful oh, in that show. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, I know this dude. Um, yeah, I know him. He's in Jane the Virgin. An excellent show. Nikki recommends. Um, but yeah, that's when I recognized Kyle. And that's when I was like, oh, this sucks. Thankfully, though, it then quickly cuts over, relatively quickly, cuts over to um, Cassie's talking to her dad and Jake about what the fuck just happened. So, yes, John Blackwell did try to summon demons, but no, he didn't sacrifice someone because only his Balcoin blood was needed. 
Um, Amelia did try to stop the demons from taking over the circle. Cass butts in, well, it didn't save Heather Barnes, now did it? So y'all suck. It's the underlying message there. Uh, John comes back with basically the only way to really fix this because they don't know who the witch is that's helping or anything like that. They need to go seal the ground where the demons come up and that's how they're going to stop Evan and this traitor switch. Because the only reason that John tried to do something as drastic as summon demons in the first place was for the circle's protection. And immediately Jake and Cassie are like, yes, of course. Mm, We're sorry we doubted you. Yeah. It's like watching a cult form. Now I realize. Like, I think that's why I dislike it so. Yeah, kind of. Uh, we get over to back at the boathouse. Suddenly, Kyle's girlfriend shows up. And Adam gets really, really upset that Kyle was like super flirty with Melissa and Faye and all over them even though you were using magic on this i was very confused by this he was like how dare you be so into my friends and i'm like you magicked this magic them to be interesting but kyle still had to want to yes uh it's all a little weird and awkward and it boils down to adam punches kyle in his face um melissa and faye ask why he's flipping out and he they retreat just so you know this doesn't yeah, happen yeah, sorry. at the party yeah they go to the back room adam retreats after punching him uh no he's not okay he felt briefly like everything was perfect and now he can't remember that feeling like he can't he can't find that center anymore and then conveniently cassie calls Hey, we got to circle up, you know, everybody meet at the old house. Do you know where Diana is? I tried to call her first and she won't pick up her phone. Uh, Get the lowdown on that. Cuts to Jake and Cassie talking. Jake will basically round them up and go to the old house and Cassie will go out and find Diana. Um. I do want to say this was actually the scene of the episode I really enjoyed. The only scene of the episode I really enjoyed was Adam trying to describe what it feels like to lose something that you know you had but can't really remember. Really? I liked it. I guess, like, it seemed like it was going to be good, but it just wasn't... it wasn't concise enough for me and i know like it's maybe asking too much because that's the whole point of what he's saying is he he's dancing around like the point of his feelings but i didn't appreciate it quite so much i i liked it i think it gave a bit of because i think at the end of last episode, I think the reason I liked it is because this is like the only follow-up from the last episode. At the end of the last episode, the real tragedy in all this seemed to be Cassie because she could still remember everything after the elixir when um, Adam couldn't. But now it's like, I think this really fleshed out that Adam's really kind of the victim here and just like how malicious John is. 
that John knew what was going to happen. He, he 100% knew that Cassie would probably fight it off and Adam wouldn't. And he chose it because he's like, eh, Cassie will probably be fine. He knew that this would probably be an ongoing problem for Adam. And was just like, ah, fuck it, let's do it anyway. And kind of just like chose to keep torturing Adam because he's John and he's a terrible person. Yeah. And I don't know. I think this kind of really did a good job showing that like Adam's not okay. And act and Adam is actively the victim to John. And I think it also proved why like Ethan hates John so much. Like well, it's like this I can't fam- wait to I, feel I, there's I more just, there. Yeah, I just liked it though, because it, it continues that like Ethan and this this family is constantly the victims to John and his family. And I just I don't know, I liked it. Okay. Glad to hear you like something. It's, the, it's, the, it's the only thing this episode will praise. So um good job. I think guys. also another reason why I didn't like it was like I felt for a brief moment there where like he was gonna have the breakthrough because like he swears he swore beforehand that his feelings will eventually break through the elixir and they'll be better. And I thought, oh, maybe we could do this. And then no. Oh, I knew yeah. that would take at least a few episodes. So I was like, oh, they're going to have to like kiss or something for that. Or like that's Cassie. Or like Cassie's going to like almost die or something. Like that's going to be a dramatic moment. And this I just liked for, I don't know, I guess it's like subtle tragedy. Fascinating. Anywho, we cut over to, sorry. Um, Again, really glad you did like something in this episode. What a scene to choose, though. Yeah, it it seems to be highly debated. (laughs) Apparently. I never would have guessed. Truth be told. So then, for real, though, we do cut away. Uh, Diana is at the docks, and she finds Grant. She gets introduced to Pete, who's the captain. Oh, it's not Grant's boat. He's just a crew member. And Diana is just horrified that she was lied to. Um, you know, Grant does admit he's one of the crew. Diana tells him to, you know, leave her alone. It's all because of your lies. I think she says more, but I didn't care enough and it didn't really matter. Uh, it's just that, like, Grant's not rich and Pete's his employer. And Pete seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah. That's just kind of the ending of it. And the Diana kind of has a small panic attack over being lied to. Yep. It leaves. Yep. Cuts over to uh, John Blackwell. And I don't know why I always have to say his full name. I have no idea either. Every time I say it, I'm like, why did I do it? And now I'm finally calling myself out. (laughs) All right. John, Samuel. John and Sam. This is totally where I thought Samuel was Jake because the lighting's also super dark. And yeah. I just saw like a blonde in the in this area. And I was like, Jake? And then like later they did a zoom in and I had to correct all my notes to him realizing it was Samuel. I mean, yeah, Jake would be the person to just exactly follow John. So and they look alike. <laughs> Anywho, it is in fact Samuel hey, guess what? They're not going to the old house like John said. 
Do you need help? I wrote the wrong name in my notes. I had to double check. Did you say Jake too? No, I said (laughs) Eben for some reason. Eben looks Uh, nothing like them. No, I just had him on the brain, I guess. Um, They're going through the woods. We have a brief moment where Samuel like has a moment of pain and seems to spasm a little. And oh, he's got that little snake under his the skin of his hand. He's possessed. He's super possessed. Great. And then we cut away to uh, Diana is at the coffee shop, steadfastly ignoring her phone. Oh, I lied earlier. I liked this scene too. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Two! <laughs> this one, this one I understand a little bit more. Uh, Cassie catches her there. And Diana just kind of goes off the rails in like a very calm, collected way. So I did appreciate this scene. Diana does say, Faye was right. Cassie really is a drama queen. And then has a little panic of, there's no way to have an actual life, but can I just have five minutes for coffee? Look, I even got it in a to-go cup in case there's a circle emergency. Like, shut up, leave me alone. Again, just the five minutes. I like, I like too, because like Cassie comes running up to Diana and Diana's like obviously upset. Like it kind of looks like maybe she'd been crying, but the very least she's like, she's not okay. She's not just like chilling on her phone, like living her best life. She's going through something. And immediately when Cassie finds her is like, why didn't you answer your phone? What if it was important? It is important. And like, I was like, girl, like, five seconds just be like hey i've been looking for you like just just like bring it bring it down for like five seconds cassie like it it won't make or break the situation i promise you (laughs) like diana's underlying message but no and then cassie does actually explain the issue with the demons and okay it is important let's go but still i do like that diana had a had a little break let it all out and then still came to the rescue i love it when cassie is yelled at okay (laughs) that's not healthy and we're not gonna touch that anymore i hate cassie (laughs) cuts over to now we're at the old house the whole group is there basically at this point um they're upset they have to deal with the demons again Jake is defending John. He's just trying to clean up his mess. And Adam, you know, very conveniently points out. Yeah, but this mess is why your brother died. So maybe you don't want to defend him so much. Oh, Jake gives no shits about his brother. That's the point. He hates Nick. Yeah, but he does at least seem to like take a step back for half a second. He at least shuts up about it. Um. Like, I'm kind of like, if demons hadn't killed Nick, Jake might have. No, because he was steadfastly staying away. I don't know. Maybe the hunters would have. Yeah, Jake's a a witch hunter. You know, if if a demon hadn't beaten him to it, he totally would have gone and murdered Nick. I I have not a doubt in my mind. Just a matter of when? Yeah, it was just, he was just like waiting that one out. Yeah, you're probably right there. I just don't think it would have happened quite so soon. 
I just always think it's funny when someone's like, what about your brother, Jake? And he's like, oh, that fucker. And I'm like, you know, I think you guys should really stop thinking this is a soft spot for him. I don't think it is. (laughs) We've seen over and over. It is definitely not. Yeah, like he could care fucking less. He'd probably be more upset if you like ran over a cat. Like, yep, people keep trying to use it though. So it's fine. No big deal. Uh, so now at this point, Cassie and Diana show up. Cassie realizes that uh, her dad's not there and has just a fucking huge moment of clarity. Like, this seems gargantuan for Cassie. I know, it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't hate her like Nikki does, but like, she has a huge light bulb moment and it's just because it comes from Cassie, it's a little bit applause worthy. She realizes that her dad's not there and it's got to be because he didn't want the group there at the ruins the, where the demons come up because he's trying to protect them and he's going to deal with it himself. And that is at least part true. I was hoping at this point she'd realize that, oh, fuck, he has magic. He's going to deal with it himself, but she doesn't make the connection that he probably has magic. Uh, this is again something that I think is like super weird is a lot of we haven't known John that long and the whole time he's been here basically Cassie's been the one who's like John's on our side and everyone's like oh bitch is he and this was yet another example where it was like where's John he lied to us he didn't show up and like instead of everyone being like oh your dad's kind of weird he's just like I know why he went to protect us all and they're all just like fine with it they're like yeah probably and i'm like what what so confusing sure uh cut to i guess it's the runes the lighting is super dark and bad on this area so i didn't really know like I asked Jade earlier, I was like, is this runes? And she's like, I thought I saw like a foundation. And I was like, maybe. Yeah, it's Um, definitely like an overgrown field, but I'm pretty sure like there is at least one semi-standing wall, but also it looks like there's like the old ass remnants of like, you can see the room layout of like just a couple of stones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, very dark, hard to tell. Not really sure. I called it the demon site. I didn't know what else to call it. But we're coming back to that with Samuel and John, where he like stands Samuel like near this break in the earth where he's like, that's where I summoned the demons once before, back in the day. And then like grabs a stick and starts drawing a circle around Samuel and then like leads the circle out into like some other symbologies that again, the lighting is so terrible. I could not make out. I was like, he draws stuff in the dirt yeah that's that's as far as i could get same and as he's like doing this samuel's like what's this supposed to mean and john's like oh well it's a circle and symbols that demons can't cross and samuel's like what's that supposed to do and john's like protect me i know you're possessed and i was like oh god no i laughed i did (laughs) there is a point where i laugh later um yeah, so John knew that Samuel was possessed the whole time, and basically Samuel had already been sacrificed before 
this whole shit show started, which is again, very tragic and feels like something that could have been of like interest specifically if Samuel was actually once good friends with Jake. Um, but it will be quickly forgotten and we won't give a fucking shit about it. So let's just keep moving on. Like Samuel was never a named character in the first place. (laughs) John then explains that this dirt circle and symbols will draw the demons out and stop any demonic ritual. This also would have been a really nice symbolic thing to know back when Nick was possessed, but you know, we had to bring Jake here. Um, (laughs) I thought about that too. And I was fucking pissed. Um, Evan then shows up and honestly, just like monologues, I didn't even really write down half of what he says. He just like monologues to John where he's like, you once thought you were so strong. Now it's myself and I will take out you witches and I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And it's bullshit like that. So he monologues. I wrote too. So he monologues for like 30 seconds to a minute too. It's like a long fucking time of just him yeah. like not shutting up. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, then he's like magically throws John at like an abandoned car. I was yeah, very see, he goes through like the one wall that's still standing, and yeah. then I thought it was like Evan's car, but then I don't think he drove. So yeah, I thought it was just car. like an abandoned car windshield. Yeah. Um, for the drama, sake of the drama. Yeah, let's let's take it. So like John's thrown off, and then Evan pulls out like a really gnarly looking knife and starts cutting his hand and doing blood magic. It's dramatic. I started laughing. Um, then the circle shows up. And, like, Samuel this whole time has been in, like, visible pain. Yeah, he's, like, bouncing around the circle. Yeah. Like, being jerked around the circle as the it's working its magic. But also, real quickly, um, Eben is chanting a spell while he's... First of all, he does the stereotypical hand slice where it's, yeah. like, straight across the palm, the entire thing so unnecessary for literally all magic comically large knife like that's why i laughed where he like pulls out like almost like a half machete and he's like here we go and i was like it made me think of the angel blades actually from supernatural not even (laughs) it's not but it just that's what i automatically thought of no that's fair uh but he's chanting in latin and it translates to walk in the depths of darkness which i thought was kind of a badass spell translation that's fair that's that's a good spell translation so that was kind of exciting that they actually have something interesting because usually spell work in this show is shit it's just like lock on lock <laughs> it's like what you couldn't you couldn't make up a word right like what a concept though of like the only thing that you have to say i mean there's a lot of prep work obviously with the sacrificing the dude and whatnot and cutting your hand and having the blood but also like all you have to say is just over and over walk into the depths of darkness and here comes the demons and then demons arrive Witch yeah it, i man. guess so uh so yeah samuel's being like bounced around this circle and like is like obviously writhing in pain and seems to be like contained in some way 
But Jake is an idiot, so goes running to Samuel and, like, breaks the symbol pattern in the process and, like, grabs Samuel and was like, my friend, are you okay? And I was like, wait, you give a shit about him? Um, You were literally fine with him getting his ass whooped just, like, two hours ago. Okay. Um, And so this breaks the seal that we had on him. So Samuel, like, immediately attacks Jake. Jake goes flying and then the circle tries to use circle magic to freeze Samuel in place. John like comes showing up around the half wall he broke through like perfectly fine because being thrown into a windshield and breaking it really doesn't hurt you as it turns out. And he's just like, you have to stop him, use your magic. And so they try to freeze Samuel and it's not working. So Cassie like steps forward is like, everyone stop trying to use magic. I can do this myself. And then she like raises a stick and like lights Samuel on fire. I couldn't make this bullshit up. And everyone's like, oh my God. And they kind of like step forward to try to stop her. And then she just makes like a wall of fire behind her as keeps lighting Samuel on fire. No, like Samuel takes over her power and reflects it back and he keeps the group away. Okay. She starts to seem like in peril at this point. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on with that. So then like, but Samuel just like the fire goes out. He's, he's still burnt to a crisp, but he's fine. And he like picks up Cassie and starts strangling her and is like, I want your power. And John's like, no, take me instead. And then Samuel's like, but I don't want you. You have nothing for me. And then what John, (laughs) I paused this and just laughed for like, John steps forward and explodes Samuel. (laughs) She just blows him off. Yeah. What? I mean, that'll take care of the demon. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. So Samuel's just dead and no one gives a shit. He wasn't actually a named character. I honestly don't know why we even gave him a name. He just seems like such a plot contrivance that there was, it just seems so unnecessary. Um, Evan then stops chanting and you can see as he like stares at his like bloody ass open gash palm that his like hand starts writhing with like the snakes inside. So he's now possessed and he goes running off as Cassie's like, we should go after him. And John's like, no, he's got what he needs. And Cassie then like, I want to use the word confronts, but that's a lie. Cassie never confronts John. She states back what she saw to John. So she's like, you had magic the whole time. And again, it's very, I should state what I saw. There is magic here. And he goes, yes. And I didn't use it because I was trying to protect you all. And then she goes, excellent. This is what I want. Because that is the statement reflected back to me. Thank you. 
And then everyone drops it once again. No I one mean, gives a fucking shit. That's true. But also, he phrases it a little better. And I like the way he phrases it. Because it comes off a little bit more as the caring parent he's still trying to play, even though it's total bullshit. And we all know it. But the cast doesn't. Um, how How can he expect her not to use her dark magic when he keeps using his so he's not using his so he could be an example to her but yeah bottom line it doesn't really make any it sense. gets dropped it makes sense but no, nobody nobody dives into it a little bit more like they probably should because literally throughout this episode throughout the show Throughout what we can assume to be the last few weeks that we've known John, we have seen John in mortal peril where he has been, I can't cast, let me die, or use your own magic to save me if you must. Basically, how we will continue with John from this episode on, it feels like, John is Jesus, he has come to save them all, and they are happy that he is here at every turn. That is how we will play this on, it seems like. And again, it's like watching a cult be formed. Okay. And I hate it. Kind of yes. Kind of no. A little bit more yes than no. (laughs) We cut back to, again, a scene I just sighed and drank through, if we're being completely honest. Um, We're back at the abandoned house. And John just starts like an inspirational speech is the best way I can describe it where they're all sitting there. And I, I literally went, Oh no. And put my pen down. Cause it's all like this, like quiet, pensive energy. And then John like turns around dramatically and goes, I know we feel beaten. I know it's hard to lose. And I was like, no, don't do this. Yeah, I guess actually the this would be the cult speech. Oh, it oh it one hundred percent is, and so he does this inspirational speech where he's like, "But I know that between all of us, we can save which kind, because for centuries we have seen our kind burned and beaten and betrayed, and we stand in the shadows, thinking that things will change." Just standing by as years after years, hundreds of us, thousands of our kind are murdered. Well, no more. Because today we believe that witchcraft is the answer. And despite everything I tried, I prayed, I hoped there was another way. And now I acknowledge there isn't. All we have is our magic. And with it, we will defeat the hunters because I was wrong. But now, now we'll be proven right. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Funny thing is, that was almost near word for word what you said. I don't quite think so, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I, I definitely took a dramatic license, but I wrote down actual quotes from his speech. And some of those were just dead on his quotes. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. I didn't write it down that much. So. Yep. Did not believe. Sorry, I doubted you. Yep. One of it was I tried to believe witchcraft wasn't the answer, but turns out I was wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep, I, I wrote down a lot of these quotes. So yeah, he becomes a cult leader and everyone seems super fucking into it. And then we stop this super dramatic speech to actually get some like plot shit where real answers yeah where he's like turns out the circle though is not strong enough to defeat evan especially now that he's possessed with demonic powers which i'm super confused by because it seems like demons are very chaotic and self-destructive so i don't really know how that helps a witch but he's not possessed he just stole the powers like essentially i think all those demons would like be husks without their life force quote unquote okay so he doesn't have to worry about their influence i guess yeah i assume like just the magical influence is still kind of be there because like magic has its own consciousness in a way but i don't think it's like the full-on demon like samuel or way back when melissa was possessed etc i'll bring this up more at the end but like the demons this episode confused the shit out of me um so basically the circle is no longer strong enough so what they need is the family crystals (sighs) oh Oh, it all circles back around so these crystals that team rocket charles and don have been trying to collect this entire season it turns out that they were once one whole crystal that was extremely powerful and was basically broken apart in the age of Salem because of the fear of the magic that this giant crystal possessed. So it was broken into six smaller crystals and like gifted to some of like the most powerful witch families, which are now part of the circle. So they have to find all their crystals that they can use it, recombine it into one and then stop the witch hunters forever ah the problems here stack up hard on my end a one of the crystals is completely destroyed for what we know of it's drained they just don't know that yep uh two i love that john is like i believe in each and one of you to find the crystal that your family possesses dude 80 percent of the people here can't even find their fucking spell book remember when that was a plot point yeah and now you want to find something else that seems like it should be even harder to find? Like, it doesn't even seem like half of them are looking for their spell book because they don't give a shit anymore. And I get that. I don't give a shit anymore. Um, but yeah, that's where we're gonna leave these people off is on a mad crystal hunt for the last four episodes where I went, well, fuck. But Cassie admits that she has hers, so you know we're one sixth there. Woo! We have four episodes to find five crystals. <laughs> Team Rocket antics about. I know, God, it does feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. This actually, you know what this does feel like is a Sailor Moon plot. Ah, I think it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels 100% like an anime Sailor Moon plot where it's like the queen and her minions are trying to find the remnants of the silver crystal that fell to earth, but you and the scouts must find it first. But the thing is, that was a Saturday morning cartoon that would also take like 30 episodes and set this up into episode five. So 
what the fuck are you doing over here secret circle preparing for season two that never happens i know i was like are we gonna call sailor moon for this or did you really think this was gonna happen because i got the vibe that you guys knew you were canceled a while ago so (laughs) yeah i felt like they knew that too but yeah i guess i guess we'll see Mm -hmm. after this rousing speech though uh cuts over to grant is actually outside of diana's house and just begs forgiveness look i really i just i wanted to impress her i know how uh, i wanted to impress you sorry he knows how lame that sounds he's crewed that boat for the past year and he's only ever been proud to say that but then she smiled at him and he just couldn't let her out of his life and you're he had being, to be the best. You're being sarcastically dramatic, but I like Grant. And I respect this because Diana is obviously a woman of privilege. Yes. And also, it's just, it's too stupidly cheesy for me. We, I we crossed it. that line. I, I can't. I don't know. I, I respected the concept of you work a job you're always proud of until someone you want to find you interesting you assume will not find that job adequate because i think that's a legitimate status thing it is but also he didn't have hardly any conversation with her before he decided this and that's why it's weird that's also kind of fair but also it's a very small town that we can assume that that he was in for a while before he met diana and her dad is like the leading, I assume, prosecuting attorney. Uh, so like, I don't think it's, and like we've seen her house. I don't think it's hard to assume that Diana is like a known figure of this tiny town. It, it's kind of like some of the families we knew of Placerville, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. like, I didn't consider it a large leap to be like, ah, fuck. All right, fine. I'll try and give it a break. I like Grant. <laughs> Anywho. I'm losing Adam. Give me Grant. <laughs> it's the moral of this story. Poor Nikki. Uh, so, Diana, though, is definitely validly very hurt over the fact that he lied. Um, what else was a lie? Nothing swears he won't lie again and then she goes on like in my world lies are dangerous yada yada are are you a spy no i'm not a spy i did like that i laughed i did (laughs) me too he's like are you like a secret agent because i'd actually think that's really cool and she was like i'm not and he was like damn it (laughs) but still I do also like how Grant put this where when she was asking if there was any other lies and he said that he tried lying on this and has decided that it just, it doesn't suit him. Lying isn't for him. And I was like, oh, it's like a really good way to put it. Like, it was too much work. He's like, this is not for me. I I can't upkeep this. (laughs) I mean, I didn't think of it in that perspective when it was said. It just sounded again like a really cheesy line, but... I like, I like your take on it. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, he won't lie again. Liars are dangerous in her world. She's not a spy. Um, he, he asked for just one day to prove himself and she actually agrees. So I, was, I would say I love this conversation. Diana doesn't seem like angry or anything. And She's honestly, hurt. like, yeah, yeah, she seems very hurt. And obviously a lot of it does come from Grant, but I think a lot of it also just comes from the circle because the best way I actually wrote Diana's vibe as she's like walking away is she just seems exhausted. She's just too tired. She, she doesn't have time to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was totally mom of the group and then she kind of took a seat, a step back, but then real shit started hitting the fan. So it's not like she actually, while she wasn't leading as much, she was definitely still way involved. Mm-hmm. And she's running like everything under the sun, every single event ever in this town, it seems. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Which I understand. Like, I, I think, I mean, no one likes being lied to and that's a legitimate reason to be upset with a person. But the the whole like, inability to like hear him out and just seeming over it I think really comes from like her exhaustion because I think at the end of the day a lot of people will even accidentally lie to those that they care about it, it could be accidental it could be for like not trying to hurt their feelings and like you know there's there's a lot of reasons why people are not always completely honest with someone they care about and and from a, a rational perspective if you find out about it, you are usually open to be like, oh, I do realize the reason they lied to me about that is because they were like sad or hurt or didn't want to hurt my feelings on this. And I think a lot of that is kind of the norm of just like human interaction. And, but if you are just so tired, like you're so tired of having to carry everything, you just don't have time for it. You're just, you can't handle it even though it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it feels like it is. Hey, uh, just a little plug here. If you feel this way in your life, it could be a sign of anxiety and or depression or likely depression, but you know, um, see a doctor. Highly recommend. I I suffer from low key anxiety. So (laughs) (laughs) you're like, it could be one of these two. And I was like, for me, it's one of them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm saying it because I've literally been there um seasonal depression sort of went to year-round depression and then uh at the beginning of this year 2022 was like full-blown anxiety where like for the first time in my life all my little therapy self-help things didn't work and I had to get on pills uh which were a really big help for me and I'm just saying though it's little you actually oh, yeah. went on anxiety medication around the same time as my other friends. So it was like, I don't know. It was just really interesting when I was like hanging out with my other friends and they were like, oh yeah, well, I started taking this anxiety medication and we're like, just like explaining some of the side effects. And I was like, oh, my other friends also on anxiety medication. Like, which one's yours? Like, I don't know. I, I felt really like in it for some reason. That's um, funny. Yeah. I had the same reaction. Cause like a couple of my friends 
other acquaintances really had already been on anxiety meds and so they asked oh what kind are you on yeah. and it turns out we were all on the same one at just different dosages now and that was actually kind of funny and an interesting conversation to have 100 that's hilarious um, um yeah yeah so yeah if you feel like you've had this whole plateful and you can't squeeze in one little thing but like rationally you feel like you should be able to squeeze it in it's usually actually a whole other bucket list of things you're missing that you're just maybe not quite seeing and you probably have depression or anxiety because they go hand in hand a lot so um see doctor (laughs) but anywho uh cuts over back to the show we cut over to adam has driven cassie home (sighs) sorry he was mean about her daddy basically agrees that they they can't hide anymore us witches need to be out there every bad thing that's been happening has just it's leading up to this and we need to be focused on our enemies right now i was really confused by this entire scene yeah um nothing else matters so it seemed like and you can tell that cassie's like disappointed in this she was hoping that adam was like hey i like you again yeah i thought she was maybe gonna open up about how the elixir didn't work for her but no uh because adam has bought the cult speech hook line and sinker my logical rational one and now all of a sudden you're like drinking the kool-aid hard god that's such a dated reference have you realized like i tried to use that and i had to explain really yes because they weren't even that much younger than me okay i think that's just bad education because i think it's a very old reference even for our generation yeah, it happened, like, I think before, was it 92 or 2002? It was, no, it was 92. I think it was 92, yeah. It was 92. So it that was, was before 90s, so, Nikki yeah. and I were born, mm-hmm. but it's still common enough that, hey, if you don't know what we're talking about, okay, fine. Um, Jonestown, California. Just Google that. The point is that I think even for our generation, even when I didn't know the reference was Jonestown, I knew that drink the Kool-Aids means like buy it, you know, like I'm fully bought in to a stupid concept. So we used to use the idea too, for like, um, when your husband and I worked for In-N-Out and there were certain people there who were like, fully like in and out's the best I could ever do. Like if I ever tried to find another job, they'd never treat me better than here. And we were like, oh, they've drinking the Kool-Aid. Like that was like a common thing, even just for us, because it was like, oh, they are fully integrated into this mindset. And we, I didn't know that that was even referring to Jonestown until I think I was like at least 16, uh, probably closer to my twenties in all honesty. So the fact that someone was just like, oh, I don't get that reference. I was like, no, they're just stupid. Like, cause it's just a common reference used for fully buying it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, this was a small Jonestown uh blurb chat, deep chat. dive. Yeah. FYI. Go read about it. It's crazy and fascinating and um very tragic. And one of the survivors actually became mayor of Dixon. 
You know what? Now that you've said this, I think we've talked about that before we on this have, podcast. Because it was a podcast. It's another podcast I watched. So I don't I'm know sure. It, I think it stayed in an episode. I'm gonna oh, hey. find that now. Hmm. Well, you know, I bring it up. So it's it, you, man. It's an excellent story and you should go listen to it, is the point. Um yeah, Jonestown, crazy thing. And yeah, what I'm saying is Adam's drinking the Kool-Aid and it happens spontaneously and overnight and without warning, and I'm scared for him. Yes. Uh, again, Cassie looks sick with all this. Uh, Adam says Cassie was amazing against the two hunters tonight, but like he starts to say, like, Cassie, you were amazing. Like he's going to say something else, and then he brings it back to the against the in the fight, man. Cassie just, yep, thanks. Good night. Bye. Yeah, Cassie just looks like she's going to cry the whole time. Uh, yeah, so she leaves, and then we cut over to John takes up the body he sacrificed all those years ago. In, like, a plywood coffin. Yep. He says he did it, and motherfucker lied. Oh, I and, knew he did. Yeah. Like, the second he was like, I didn't have to, I was like, so where's the body, John? Like, just, just tell me outright. It's fine. I know who you are now. And then we end. This is, okay. So yes, we end the episode. This does lead into kind of what I mean where I I don't think it's a bad idea to have an antagonist that has obviously like an emotional moral stake in everything that's happening with our protagonists. But you have to have at least like one or two protagonists who don't trust them, who are working actively against them. This is this is kind of what I mean, even like I would say a grand ex- example is um we bring it up a lot, but I'm gonna bring it up again, which is a V-Stent. Is even like as that's all going down, I'll, the the mom of which is a V-Stent is always on guard, is always questioning and mistrustful. And so is oh my god, her sister, Wendy. So is Wendy. Uh and I think it helps drive the plot forward because it adds a bit of stress in the familiar relationships where obviously the daughters are like, why do you question everything I do and everyone I know? And they don't want to cause that friction, but they know that they need to stick to their guns. And it it gives us something to grasp onto where it's like, oh, we know they're the antagonist and we want them to be able to prove it. And it seems like we might be going that way in this show for a while with like John and Adam, because Adam obviously didn't trust John for like a super long time. And we have Ethan in like Adam's corner. And then I thought we might be going that way with Don and Faye as well, where it was going to be like Faye was going to be very mistrustful of John because it's Faye and Faye is very slow to trust anyone. But it was just like, literally, we introduced this antagonist, which we as the viewer know are the antagonist, but everyone in the show trusts. So it's like not really fun to watch because it's just like watching the antagonist win with no friction. It's like watching them circle the drain. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, they're just like, no one's suspecting anything. So we just get to watch it the horror unfold i guess i mean there's a teeny bit of suspense just in the desire to see them realize but just watching it straight out 
yeah yeah it's just like it's kind of boring like I would even say this like again I'll use another I've been into it a little bit more but overall bottom line nothing else yeah I I agree with you yeah and I think because I was I really like Adam and that was like a whole thing so I thought that was gonna kind of be the big thing was like Adam who loves Cassie versus like her father who Cassie wants to love and it was going to be like a, a huge friction point. But then it seemed like the writers were just like, oh, this seems complicated. Let's just have Adam forget his memories. And I was like, what? What? What's going on? And I would even like, again, I'll use another reference. Um, and I think it'll prove my point even a bit more. Uh, the Star Wars prequels. They are often critiqued for being extremely boring because we know where it ends and we just get to watch it happen. And it's absolutely true. That is exactly what happens. It's a tragedy. We're watching it happen. But even through that, we get to see like some of the Jedi suspect wrongdoing and have problems. My obvious would be like Mace Windu, who throughout the trilogy is constantly like, I think something is wrong and is like trying to convince the others to basically back him up. And it's like the tragedy is kind of seeing that we know he'll fail. despite the fact he's kind of our like audience implant so it's like oh like we want to see him succeed and i would honestly say that's why revenge of the sith is rewatchable it's because it's like there's a small part of you every time where you're like maybe this time mason do will like do it like he'll kill him like i wholeheartedly agree like it seems like it's just on the edge enough where you can kind of forget the actual outcome Mm -hmm. and um also sort of random but I always feel like it's such a good example of um, Abraham, the made-up movie, but sort of real life. Um, There is a part where the Emancipation Proclamation is being voted on, and like we know it happened, it went through, but it's filmed so well that like every time I watch it, I'm like, is it actually going to pass? Mm-hmm. So... Oh, that's like, like that. that's how you like build stuff like that like titanic's even the same where it's like that's why it's a classic world-renowned like oscar-winning movie is because it titanic is easily very rewatchable i think because you get very invested what i know you don't like titanic that much but i would i'm just saying this from an an audience and, and everybody but me with normal taste yes i gotcha <laughs> um like like majority and i'm usually as i said like the the contrarian but i'm gonna give this the majority here that i think what makes it rewatchable is everyone is kind of like maybe this time they'll figure it out like maybe this time they'll live or they won't sink and it's like watching this show to the point where we're at with uh, john blackwell i'm just like i don't even think like maybe this time they'll figure it out or like there is a hope for them to figure it out it's just me kind of watching them descend and being like, well, maybe when things really get bad and like Diana gets murdered, someone will worry. Like, it's just like, my hope is that it now gets bad enough that someone might be like, I have a slight concern. Cause right now we're not even to the point where anyone's slightly concerned. And it's just, it's hard to watch as an audience member to have no one 
even slightly on your side. And I hate Cassie. I hate how into herself she is. I have always hated this about Cassie. She seems very selfish and having that reflected back in John, but she's our protagonist is very difficult. I liked her with Adam. And I think that was the most, I liked Cassie, but now that we kind of like broke this up, it's very obvious that she has like no friends within the circle and like no reason to be here besides the fact that she's like strong. And and the fact that we've put her at the forefront of the circle just for that fact. Yeah, just because she has magic. And then we spent like quite a few episodes with uh, Cassie shouldn't be using magic because it's dark magic and it's very seductive. And I did kind of like that plot because we've talked a lot about my dark magic history, but like that's a very fair point. But then in this episode randomly, like Cassie uses her magic like three or four times and everyone's just like, good job, Cassie. High five. And I'm like, I thought we were not encouraging this. Yeah. And now we are, but everyone once again, just feels fine with it. It just, it just feels like everyone just like doesn't care anymore. And so then why should I? I, I think Interesting. like, I think outside of if I hadn't watched 18 seasons of the show, 18 seasons, 18 episodes, feels like 18 seasons sometimes, 18 episodes of the show, if you would just put this episode on, I would honestly be very neutral about it. You're right. I, I give you props for that. I think I overreacted. It is a very neutral episode. But the fact that I know it is the 18th episode, the fact that I think we were coming off of a very good run of episodes puts it to me in a very dark light where I'm like, oh, okay, we once again had to turn off everyone. I mean, yeah, I did not think so critically about it, obviously, as you did. Because I'm me. I'm just here for the ride. I mean, normally I feel like I try to, but maybe I don't actually bring as much to the table as I thought, which is fine. No, Um, I think you bring plenty to the table. (laughs) I think I'm an overanalyzer um, and all my friends will agree with that fact. Um, I ruin movies. People don't watch movies with me anymore. But I do. I know. So obviously I still like it. But um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it is kind of disappointing when I think back to the last few episodes where they were not horrible. And in fact, I liked a couple of them. That does make this episode a little bit more disappointing, but yeah, I'm just I'm just here to put it on and watch it, and I feel like I go into it with just zero expectations, and that's probably why I don't hate it. But also, again, yeah, I didn't think so critically about it as you did. So Thanks. <laughs> I'm just here in imbecilic bliss, apparently. I mean, I think another reason why I'm just like low key disappointed is because where I thought this was going, and honestly, I think it would have worked if they had a season two was the like fractioning of the circle and it was basically going to be jake and john who would break off um mostly because it seems like john is here for a child for their magic and i figured it would come down to if he couldn't have cassie he'd take jake who who probably is his son who's his son who i stand by is the son um and i thought that would be interesting to like see the circle kind of like fracture like that especially because Jake was already kind of an outsider in it where it was like okay how do we the rest of us like 
figure out what to do next when we didn't like him that much in the first place, but we desperately need him was kind of my, my shtick. Um, I also do believe that, again, I don't think this really matters, but I may bring it up now just so if I'm right that I have evidence. If I'm wrong, don't call me out, you know, like it's, it's fine. Um, I do think that the witch that is funding Eben slash the witch hunters is one of the parents that isn't actually dead. Yeah. And just hates John. Uh, that's, that's my theory. I kind of assume it's um, one of Jake's parents. I do as well. I wanted to say it was his mom, but then I think we saw her throat slit. So I think it might be his dad. Oh, see, I can't I remember. Thinking- I think he died and I thought she, the mom was the one that actually like got thrown in the cold room and the other room. Yeah. 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 We didn't see what happened to her, but it was heavily implied that everyone else died. Yeah. I, I think it, I did also think it was one of Jake or Nick's parents, but I couldn't remember who got their throat slit. So I didn't want to commit in case someone was like, we saw them die. And I was like, Oh shit. Um, I could also be wrong, but yeah, no, I think it, I, I think it's Jake's mom. Yeah. I, I, I believe that as well. And I, I did. You know what? It it's probably mom, true. But... If we both came to this independently. Yeah. Right. Like you're smart and I'm not. So, well, I think it would also make, I, well, first of all, you're very smart. How dare you? you I'm have, different smart. You have a way more smart degree than I do. Like you're very smart. Um, I just watch too much TV and read too many books to know like how narratives work. <laughs> like I'm just very, I predict cause I've seen too much. Um, and yeah, I'm just a lot for the ride. Yeah, it must be nice. I honestly am kind of jealous because I feel like I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of ruined. Yeah, I've had this discussion with my husband because I I can watch like a movie almost every single day for like a month and just not be sick of it. (laughs) And if he watches it more than once in like a six month period, it's just, it's ruined forever because he remembers shit. And I have the memory of a fucking goldfish when it comes to media. (laughs) books thankfully not so much but i'm yeah, super jealous if i see it it doesn't really stick i'm i'm very jealous of that fact because i think um That's i think pros and cons i think my academic mind of knowing how storytelling and narrative style goes tends to uh lead me towards thoughts and feelings towards movie and shows that other people don't have that's like why when I was like and oh my god he was alive the whole time and you're like liar you did not know that and I'm like no I 100% did I guarantee you I was not lying I just watched too much tv like I was just like oh my god shocker I haven't seen this in six other things before um and that's kind of how I'm feeling here is like I and the thing is it should be comforting because I like a good kind of like predictive comforting show where I'm just like, it's a sitcom. It's comfortable. Like I was literally rewatching The Nanny last night. Like that's not groundbreaking in any way. Um, but if you're going to do that, then just like, I don't know, do a better job. It's just where I'm at. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know, like try. I, I, again, we've talked about how this is like very much also produced and created by the same people of Vampire Diaries. 
and yes, I had a hard time getting through that. It's the CW. Yeah, and there's very few shows like Supernatural. The fact that it got so huge and was good and went so long, it was still good. That's a goddamn miracle. Yeah, it's an outlier for sure. One hundred percent. I just. I, I just think because this is 22 episodes, I'm kind of like, I expected a bit more of a slow burn on some stuff. And I like that about long seasons. Like, I'm honestly sad that a lot of shows these days are only like 10 seasons because I like 10 slow- episodes, 10 episodes, God, my life. Um, cause I do like slow burns and I do like that certain episodes are just like, ah, we're just gonna celebrate Christmas now, or it's someone's birthday. Like I I'm happy about that. But I feel like this show just meandered for like way too long. Like it it didn't do that. It just seemed lost. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, sorry, I've been holding my phone because oh, I no, had looked it up because I was I was trying to see if just like for a while we had a trend where I feel like the episode titles were interesting clues as to where it might go, and it was intriguing. And now for the rest of the episodes, I think we're just fucked. It's not gonna work out well um next four titles in order crystal traitor prom family oh no the family one scares me and this is what i mean where it's like the episode title here was sacrifice and that refers to samuel but samuel's in like three seats (laughs) like tops yeah, family scares me. I feel like that's going to be terrible. I don't think Crystal's going to be good either. No. I feel like prom could be. I feel like if we really focus on an event instead and just have them interact with each other at the event, I have a better time. Um, I don't think so because the thumbnail for it is Faye and Jake. Like, obviously mm. slow dancing together. Mm. So <laughs> I have my doubts. I think Trader is going to be interesting just because that sounds cool. And of course, like I'm on the app and it just doesn't show me like the little blurbs for each mm-hmm. episode. I just have like the titles and the thumbnail um, and it's thumbnail of Cassie. So I have high hopes for that one, but I think the rest of the episodes, the, the other three are just going to be shit. So we'll yeah. see. I feel like we're not going to leave Secret Circle on a bang. It's going to be a whimper. Um, which is kind of sad because I do think we've enjoyed a lot of the episodes we've seen throughout. Like we said, some of them like have become like I, I think are like top rewatchable episodes of stuff I've just like watched to have a good time. But now that we're kind of like at the end here, I'm just like, I mean, I guess I'm still here. Yay. We have to finish it. Yeah, we're we're close. I don't know. We're probably um going to do a one episode extravaganza uh for the end of season uh, three of Motherland Fort, Fort Salem. Because we we have to again, we have to finish it. We have to wrap it up. Motherland Fort Salem is where we started on this podcast. We we have to we have to finish it. But I will call it the Motherland Fort Salem extravaganza because I think that's more fun. <laughs> and I yeah, and I think that's our next kind of plan. After that, we're contemplating probably doing season two of Witches of East End, 
And just wrapping because that up. Because someone asked for it. Because someone asked for it. But the person who asked, I'm going to tell you right now, I fucking hate that season. I if like, we do this, we're doing it for you. I like wholeheartedly. Season. You can fight Jade on that one. I will be in your corner because I like some of the episodes. <laughs> I've literally, after we did season one, I went back because I was like, oh, I don't think I ever finished season two. And I fucking got one episode. I remember I got one episode further this time than I did last time, which is still, I think it's maybe halfway this time. It's not very far. It's not very far. There's a mm. there's a lot of not grand stuff in season two, but there's enough stuff to get me to rewatch it, I would say. Okay. So when we do season two, uh, we will be on opposite sides of what we usually are. I will be the optimist. And Jade will be the realist and it'll be fun. Uh, Might be some short episodes. Yeah, seriously. Uh, That's, I think, our ongoing plan. uh, Unless we have like other shows kind of be recommended into our laps. Or movies. Yep. And this is usually when we go into our deep dive. But as we said, the show is legitimately kind of repeating itself now. And we, we have nothing new to say, like blood magic and demons. Cool. Um, I, I will say I kind of hate what they did with demons in here. Cause I liked in the episode where Nick died, that demons did seem very dangerous. Like the ultimate danger that human or witch could face. And that was something to kind of like bond them together. And now it just seems like demons are weird under skin worms. Yeah. And like, I remember when they were like, demons could be in rats or scorpions. I was like, nah, they're all just like weird skin worms. Like I I got nothing else on them. And I'm really sad they went that way because they they had grand potential. I'm glad you're calling it worms, not snakes, because we don't need to give snakes bad rats. No, I do not. And you know what? Because I'm not going to call them snakes because at first they were like demons could be like snakes, scorpions, or like rats and like basically your average like semi- Pests. Generally what are considered pests. Pests could be um, venomous pests is kind of what it seemed like. But now it's just like they're all just tiny little worms. Like they, we don't see them outside of the body and they just like slither in very small amounts underneath the skin because we're not going to play CGI that much. And that I wouldn't even call them snakes at this point. I'm just like, no, nah, they're just like weird demon worms. And they're sad. I liked them. They were dangerous. They're what killed off a main character. And now they're useless. Yeah. Anywho, this has been quite the chat. We went uh, deep. <laughs> we went everywhere. So my witch on the couch... What have you been drinking tonight? I have just been drinking, actually, you will approve of this, approve of this, my goodness, a cut water lime margarita. Mm, yes. Yep, the good stuff. I was drinking it out of my Disneyland cup. I was pretty happy. And yeah, basically, the funny thing is I have all the ingredients to make an actual margarita, and I just didn't want to. <laughs> I understand. I really do excellent stuff though but obviously this margarita has uh allowed me to tell my feelings so jade what have you been drinking tonight i had a coco anejo 
beer. I can't even remember who brews it. Somewhere semi-local in Fort Worth, I think. But yeah, pretty basic. Pretty smooth. It's a pretty basic night for a pretty gray tone episode, so. (sighs) For all the shit you gave this episode, what a way to uh, describe it. Anywho, before we can get back into another very long discussion. Uh, So again, you know, we brought up some symptoms of depression and anxiety. Hey, y'all. It's out there. There's a lot of things you can, you know, you're feeling shitty and you, you think you're fine, but you know, you're feeling shitty. It's worth a Google. Um, there's a lot more things that can be classified as a depression or anxiety trait than you might realize. And if you get so deep, dark down that you are contemplating suicide, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> um, it's not the answer. It never is. I don't care how much it seems like it at the time. It really never is from relatively close experience. Uh, you have options, though, to talk to people. Again, so hard to talk to people, but so helpful once you can, you know, baby steps. Um, you can dial 988 now as of July 16th, 2022 to reach the suicide hotline. You can also text, uh, you can text them 24-7, this crisis hotline at 741-741. You can also uh, walk into an ER and tell them you're having suicidal ideations and, you know, they can get you checked in and talking to someone that way as well. There are resources out there. There, It doesn't seem like it sometimes, but there's options, there's help. Please accept it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode today. If you'd like to hear more from us, because we're fantastic, uh, you can always follow us on Instagram, where we're also just witches on the couch. Here you can like any photos we post or just suggest other shows, TV, or media that you think we should focus on. It can be something you love, and hopefully we love it too, or it can be something you hate and you just want to see us tear it apart because that can be fun as well. And you can always like, comment, and review this podcast, help other wandering witches find their way here. Thank you again for listening on this morning, afternoon, night, evening, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. We've had a wonderful time, and we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.